us that God is good even when we're not good. Pause and think about that for a second. God is good even when we are not good. Man, I could think of a whole lot of reasons why I would have told God, man, check out on me, but God never did. God loves us. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. I don't care how crazy you acting right now. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. I don't care what you say right now. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. Why? Because God is always good. God is always good. God is always good. Who? Somebody needs to. He says somebody needs to hear that this morning. God is always good. And God always thinks good thoughts towards you. You know, it says in, in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good. Thoughts of good. Thoughts of good and not evil to give you an expected it in the name of Jesus. You know, on Sunday mornings, you know, no matter how well you prepare at home, you always will have an opportunity to have to make an adjustment. So, I just pray you guys just bear with us this morning in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome to Ignite in Jesus' name. Glory to God. He says, don't mess around with it. Jump right into it. So buckle up, buttercup, because here we go. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And thank you for this opportunity of your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the types of words of man's wisdom. But Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Have your Move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person as you see fit this morning. I decrease that you may increase. Father, my prayer is that the people's faith lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. I'm in covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit this morning. Father, I believe that it's so. I believe that the anointing is here right now to remove every burden and to destroy every yoke. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see, I pray right now that God, God give them ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that are open and ready to receive and grab the word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you that it's already done and said. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, if you don't say amen, then what you're saying is, I don't want that, Lord. Keep that. I'm good on that. Amen means so be it, which means I'm standing in agreement with what it is the man or woman of God or what the word of God just said. So you can stay there with your lips so tight that it looked like somebody gave you 12 bags of lemons. But guess what? If you don't open your mouth and say something, you cannot participate in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is voice activated. You are, I mean, we talked about this last week. You are a kingdom of God representative. You're not a Canadian representative. I'm not a state's representative. You're not a, um, uh, they're still called indigenous here in Canada. You know, you are, a, if you are in the body of Christ, you are a representative of the kingdom of God. And that's the kingdom you're supposed to be representing. If you say, I represent this first and then the kingdom of God, you got it backwards. You represent the kingdom of God and then all that other stuff is just what part, what part you are born into. But that's not who you are now. He says that's not who you are now. I said that's not who you are now. 
He says, you are a citizen. A citizen. So y'all gonna be in, y'all gonna be in, in y'all remember in high school, y'all used to have to take that class. I don't know if y'all had to do it here, but we used to have to take this class called citizenship. And it taught you what, what it meant to be a citizen in the United States. Y'all gonna be sitting in citizens 101. Kingdom of God, citizen 101. If y'all don't wake up and get to revelation that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God right now, and God expects you to act like it. He expects you to talk like it. He expects you to walk like it. And when you hear what the word of the Lord is today, you're going to want to make sure that you get that thing right. Because if you don't, you're, going to, you're about to get lumped the heck up with everybody else. Thank you, brother, for that one amen in here. And stop it over there, big fella, because you're running around shouting, trying to distract you. Glory to God. I preach. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Anyway, it's the truth. Anyhow. Glory to God. Now I'm making a declaration. We're going we're gonna to get in. We're going to get in. We're going to get in. It says this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Ooh. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because it is the Lord who anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. It is the Lord who anointed me and has sent me to bind up the broken heart. It is the Lord who has anointed me to proclaim liberties to the captives and open to the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the, and the vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to appoint unto me them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Who are the theys? Those are the ones who the Spirit of the Lord God is raised up upon. Is that you? Are you the one that got that the Spirit of the Lord is upon? I will tell you, I am one that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon. And if you're in the body of Christ, you are the one the Spirit of the Lord God is upon. But that Spirit of God, that anointing that comes upon you is for service. It's not to give you goosebumps. <laughs> and you got goosebumps, but you're not doing nothing. You ain't helping nobody. You ain't telling nobody nothing. Nothing is of life. You got death now, but you're not talking life. And we're going to talk about this more. The father asked me this question this morning, Joe, and this is what he said when I was finishing the, the 12 a.m. Uh, prayer altar this morning. This is what he says. He says, it asked, he said, ask these people the question to let them know up front. Like Paul said in Galatians chapter one. Now, am I trying to be win favor with men or with God? Oh, that's good. He said, I'm asking you that same question. Are you trying to win favor with men or with God? Do you seek to please men? If you still are seeking popularity with men, you should not be a bond servant of Christ the Messiah. In other words, if you're still trying to be popular with men, you will not be an effective a bond servant for Christ. You want to know why? Because you're always going to be concerned about their opinion. You're always going to want them to approve you. You're always wanting, and everybody wants to be accepted to a certain degree, but if preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and preaching the gospel of the kingdom put you at odds with other people, so be it. But he says, but you got to make a decision. 
He says, because the title of this message, if I was to give this message, the title is, too many of y'all are sleeping with the enemy. Too many people are in the body of Christ are sleeping with the enemy. Now, this is the word of the Lord that came, that came forth this week. He says, I have set before you life or death, blessings or curses. Choose life that you and your family may live. He says, you are the deciding factor as to which one is activated in your life through the words that you speak. So you're, he says, you're either speaking life, you're speaking death. He says, and you will eat the fruit of your words, whether you believe it or not. So even if you know, I don't believe that, preacher, guess what? Regardless of whether you believe it or not, doesn't change the fact that you will get the results. So if you don't like the harvest you have, you got to change the seeds you sow. He says, even when, oh, this is good. He says, even when you speak my word, he says, you must speak it in faith to see a result. He says, even when you speak God's word, you have to speak his word in faith in order to see a result and not turn around and curse the words you speak by speaking words that contradicts the words you originally spoke unto me, says the spirit of grace. So God is saying, you, he said, God, I don't understand why this ain't working. God says, oh, it's working. No, God, it ain't working. He said, oh, it's working. You speak my word one moment and hope, you either gonna be in faith, presumption, or foolishness. He says, one minute you, you say you're speaking my word in faith over a situation, and then you turn around, and the rest of the day, you speak a, totally against everything that you pray, and you wonder why nothing is changing, and why it's remaining the same. Because he says, the, he says, I said, call those things to be not as, if they, as though they are, not the way that they are. He says, I said, call those things that be not as though they are, not the way that they are. Man, I, Lord, I want you to do something about this situation with my family. Lord, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Satan, I bind your operations. You will cease. You will desist. You will not move any further in the name of Jesus. Hey, man, you walk out of the prayer closet. Woo-hoo! God go, we got that situation. How's your cousin doing? That fool. That fool gonna kill himself. That joker still out there smoking crack. That joker still out there whoremonger. He ain't never gonna get right. Which one do you believe? He says, you believe the second one. He, he, ooh, he says, he says, you want to know how you know if you believe that second one or not? He says, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. See, I can teach you confessions to make, but just that might just be in your head. It doesn't mean it's gotten down into your heart. So you will say a lot of stuff and you will believe it in church. You'll believe it while we're on the phone. You'll believe it while we're on Zoom. But as soon as you get off Zoom, that's where the real challenge comes in because you'll be like, he still smells like weed. He's still drinking. She's still doing that. She's still doing that. He says, that's the one you really believe. He says, so even when you speak his word, you must speak in faith to see a result and not then turn around and curse the words by speaking words that are contradictory to the words you originally spoke unto me. 
He says, you're either building or you're tearing down. There is no in-between. You're either building up or you're tearing down. There is no in-between. So you choose this day which one you want to live. He says, you choose this day which way you want to live by your words. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. I used to be the biggest joker. I could crack a joke on you. I had five jokes before I, you even walked through the door. As soon as I saw sight of you walking out, I had five jokes I was going to crack on you. And then one day, the Lord used a teenager to tell, to show me that even though people are laughing, you may really be hurting their feelings. And from that day to this, I can, I can say some stuff, but like I used to be, I used to be like the crack king. Not crack like I was on crack, but cracking jokes on people. I could, I could crack a joke on you in a heartbeat, but now it's not like it. Because, why? Because I'm conscious of my words. I'm either building you up or I'm tearing you down. There is no in-between. That's particularly with husbands and wives. You got to watch that because, you know, all, everybody has a moment when they have a crazy moment where your spouse is acting unique. <laughs> unique. And you want to get them toes so bad. But you got to remember, that, that, that's God's daughter. That's God's son. And you got to give an account of how you was towards that person. I know they are joking. They, 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 mmm. Mmm. Y'all got to learn how to, let me, let me show y'all. Mmm. Mmm. Shaka, baka, shaka, baka, 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 baka. <laughs> you gotta do. You gotta pray over. Cause your flesh go to sleep. Just, just go to sleep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this real quick. This it was funny. We, Julie and I was watching. I think we was watching something on the internet or something like it. And this guy came in the room with this pillow. And he, he took the pillow and he was acting like he was, you know, trying to smother his wife, right? But Tim, he was smothering her feet. <laughs> she, she rose up on the other end like, what are you doing? So what did he start doing? He started acting like he was giving her a massage. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, have, so everybody has moments when they want to get into the flesh. Is whether you choose to do it or not. If I if I speak words against Julian, I'm speaking words against myself. Why? Because God sees us as one. So when you talk about your spouse, you might as well be talking about yourself. You might as well get in the mirror. You goofy, ugly, stupid thing. Because that's the way God sees it. <laughs> You're talking about yourself. Love them to life, not curse them to death. So, y'all ask, what you talking about sleeping with the enemy? Man, I'm so glad. I've been so excited about this. <clears throat> Turn with me, if you will, over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. In fact, I wasn't even the one that came out with this, this title, uh, Natasha. I was on my way to the gym. <laughs> That's so good to say that. I was on my way to the gym the other day, and he just dropped it. Uh, he dropped some scriptures into my spirit, and it's like, and this is, I want you to title, uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. I'm like, Sleeping with the Enemy? 
Okay, well, I'll listen to you, okay, praise the Lord. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, and this is why I'm saying you got to understand how to operate according to the kingdom of God. Now, you can't wait until things hit and then learn how to operate according to the kingdom of God. It will be too late. You need to learn how to operate according to the kingdom of God now. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says this. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. But you need to be aware that in the final days that the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogance, pride, and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their own desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, wrapped in claws of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. Now, you don't even have to be a rocket scientist to look outside your door and see all this stuff is going on right now. Thank you, buddy. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. They may pretend, they will pretend to be, to have a respect for God. But in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. So they're going to have a, is they'll, they'll pretend. What do we call that? What's, what's another word for pretension? Hypocrisy. They will be hypocrites. Oh, oh, first giving honor to God who is truly the head of my life. Mm, 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 crack that thing up. Lord, you are the center of my joy. Give it up. Turn it up. No, it's either one or the other. You can't do both. See, this is the thing. Yes, sir. he says what happens is you can try to become, want to win the world so much that you begin to water the word down to the point where you act just like they do. Who's affecting who? Did you realize Jerry, did you realize that when Jesus came on the scene, no matter how much the Pharisees acted, you know, legalistic, snooty, and stuck up, it never fazed him at all. Do you know how, no matter, how, when the woman came to him, and they said they called her in the very act of adultery, I'm still wondering, okay, if they called her an act of adultery, why is she the only one there? What was to do that? Because she wasn't doing it by herself, just saying. But when he called her an act of adultery, what did Jesus do? Did he condemn her? Did he throw rocks at her? That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to throw rocks at her. They wanted to destroy her. But what did he do? He demonstrated grace towards her. He demonstrated mercy towards her. But guess what else he did? He gave her the truth. You can't be all grace and no truth. And you can't be all truth and no grace because this says Jesus full of grace and truth. 
He was full of grace. He was full of truth. So if we're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ, and even when all these things are going on, and people are going to be hypocrites, even those who say, I love the Lord, he heard my cry. And then you turn around, and, and on your Facebook page is loaded up with you at the club, you send a mixed message. Well, I'm going into the club because the Lord sent me in there to win some souls. Well, did he tell you to participate of the spirits, a.k.a. the alcohol, that's in the club too? That's what they call it, spirits. If you go and read Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs chapter 23, it talks about when you get alcohol in your system, what it does to your, to your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. So, are you representing the kingdom? Are you representing the world? Because Jesus said you can't do both. Now, when it talks about that word perilous, that word perilous simply means, I know it's a, a big, strong word. It simply means dangerous times. Dangerous times. Now, Jesus told me to tell you, you need to beware of the silent killers. You need to beware of the silent killers. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 says this. I'm reading out the King James Version. It says this. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Why? Because in these latter days, deception is going to be running rampant. He says, verse 7 says this, Jerry. He says, For nation shall rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there should be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Did Jesus say this might happen? Or was Jesus prophesying and saying, this is what's going to happen in the latter end? He's prophesying. He's telling you this is going to happen. Second, Second Timothy chapter 3, when Paul was talking about the perilous time, did he tell you this is what might happen? Or is he telling you this is going to happen? It's going to happen. So... How can you pray to stop it from happening? Anybody? You can't pray. You can't pray and stop it from happening. What you can do, however, is preach the gospel of the kingdom to people so they won't be affected by it as much as people who are not a part of the kingdom. It never says, Jesus never says, pray and it won't happen. Bind it up and it won't happen. Do a shot, da, 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 and it won't happen. He never said that. He says, I'm telling you, these are the signs and indicators that we're getting closer to the end of this age known as grace. He says there's going to be pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows, or all these are the beginning of birthing pains. And all this is like what we talked about the other day, that, you know, women, when they get ready, they're getting closer to their delivery date. But they have, they have there's contractions, and then there's Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks are a form of contraction, but it's not enough to produce the baby. So all these things are indicators uh, that we're getting closer, but they're not enough to produce us going into the next age. Do y'all see that? It says, they shall deliver. Now, when all this stuff is going to be going on, it says, they, talk about people, will be, begin to deliver you up to be afflicted. Afflicted means you're going to be persecuted. 
You're going to have situations and circumstances that are going to come against you, and, and they shall kill you. They'll want to kill you. And it also says, and you shall be, read with me, hated of all nations because you love Jesus. Did it say that you can stop people from hating you because you love Jesus? What are them crickets out there? Nope. Never says you can stop people from it. It says, for those who live godly, you should, Jesus said, you're going to suffer persecution because you live godly. Why? Because you're living totally contrary to what the world's way or the adversary's way of doing things is. It don't take, I mean, you ain't showing nobody nothing. If you do everything that the world is doing, you ain't proving nothing. Yeah, I'm showing you, mama, I'm, I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the man. I'm out here slanging it, mama. Yeah. You ain't showing nobody nothing. You want to show me something? Bro, go ahead and get your Bible out there. You want to show me something? Go on out there and win, uh, win the loss. Fix the disciples out of your friends. You want to show me something? That's what you show me. All that other stuff? Been there, done that, wrote the book on it, man. Wrote the patent on some of that stuff. You ain't showing me nothing, partner. What did he say? That they shall kill you. You're going to be hated, be caught by all nations because you love Jesus. And as a result of people being persecuted, as a result of people being hated, many people who call themselves believers are going to stop following Jesus. Why? Because they're going to get offended. They're going to get offended. So we have deception, we have hatred, and we have offense. And then, many shall be offended, and they will, and we got this other word, betrayal. So when persecution and afflictions come upon people and all these other things are going to be going on. You're going to start, start to see people hate one another, betray one another. They're going to become offended. And as a result, it's going to create a vacuum. And how many people know when there's a vacuum? If you don't fill that void, the adversary will. And guess what he's going to fill it with? False prophets. False pastors, false apostles, false evangelists, false teachers. And what are they going to do? They're going to mislead many. And they're going to draw you further and further and further and further away from the truth. See, the adversary's whole thing is to get you off the word. You say, how do you know that? If you go with, for a sake of time, we're not going to go there. But if you went to Mark chapter 4 and you read the word about how once the word in verse 14, as soon as the word of God comes, the enemy, the adversary comes immediately to try to snatch that word out of you. How's he going to do it? He's going to let you get, you're going to get offended. I ain't trying to hear that. Get out of my face. I don't want to hear that. Or even if you, if you, you know, that's, that's on that, uh, that, uh, that's one type of ground. The other type of ground is the word will come. You will receive it with gladness. Woo, that's my word. But then, because of persecution, people coming against you, or afflictions, other things coming against you, you're going to become offended. And when you become offended, then what you're going to do? You're going to walk away from the word. Then the other one is, 
you got the words, you heard the word, you received the word with joy and gladness, you went through the persecution and affliction, but then there's going to be uh, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, and the cares are concerns of this world. And you're going to be so consumed with those things that you're going to let that choke the word out. And, and you will let go of the word so you can focus on those things. You will let go of the word so you can focus on little Bobby. You can let go of those words so you can look at little Sally. You can focus on the word so you can look at your government. You can focus on the word. And the very thing that you need to be focusing on is the very thing that you're going to let go. So let's talk about the enemies. There's, 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 I gave you four. Four enemies. And only you and the Lord know which one you're sleeping with. And let me help you. All of us have slept with at least one of them before. And some of us, if we get honest, you'll find, you're going to find out. I won't know it, but you and the Lord know it. Are still kind of one night winking at each other every now and then. The first one is deception. Now, that word deception, uh, it means that you, it causes you to roam from truth, from safety, or virtue. It causes, when you get, are deceived, deception's goal is to get you to go astray. That's why Jesus said, beware, because when all these things, when these false prophets, their goal is to get you to go astray. Now, offense, when you get offended, we call that scandalous. That's where we, uh, scandalous, the word scandal comes from, which means it traps you up. When you get offended, you are, you literally are trapped up or you stumble or you are enticed to sin. In other words, when you get, when you get in offense, you will find yourself doing things you never thought you would do. Whew, mm. It used to be my church, but you know what? He was preaching that word. I know that I had that counseling session with him. And, you know, in the next Sunday, he's preaching on that same thing. Mm. He's telling my business across the pulpit. Let me help you with something. You're not there. I mean, some people may do that because I'm not going to hold you up and say that never happens because I know, I know people can have the ability to do that. But did you ever think? that you're not the only one in the congregation who's dealing with that. And the Lord gave the man or woman of God, hey, I need you to minister on this. <laughs> I'm so glad you came to church, boy, because everybody else. We're going to have a big altar call today. Uh, the first one is deception. The second one is offense. Oh, this is good. He says, but when you're offended, he said, What's, what, it's easy for you to do the next one. Betray. Betray means you actually deliver that person into the hands of an enemy. By treachery or by fraud. In violation of trust, you will violate that person's trust. You will betray their trust. What, what helps you do that? Offense. You know what the new buzzword is? Offense. People get offended by everything. I don't like that shirt, you. I'm offended by that shirt. I'm offended by what you said. I'm offended that you didn't say anything. I'm offended by this. I'm offended by that. I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. I mean, you, you, it's almost like a song. I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. It's almost like a song. 
if you look on social media, which I try to stay off of there, but if you look at social media, I, just, I would advise you to stay off of there. Everybody's offended. Some of your friends, y'all been ride or die for years. You post one post about your stance about the, the COVID shot or whatever, or whatever and all H-E-double hockey sticks break down. I can't, I'm telling you, one of Julian's friends, I'm not going to call their name, but one of her friends, we was talking something about the dog or something like that, and one of her friends went off. And this is somebody who Julian has ministered to, supported, helped, the whole nine yards, but this individual went off because they were talking about something about the dog. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, I didn't quite see it. I mean, but until you start cussing me out, I mean, now that I understand exactly what you mean. Cussing somebody out does not help them see your point even more clear. What it does, they, it, they see a point, you out of control. How many people know there's no cussing in the kingdom of God? No cussing at all. Zero. He don't say S-H-I-T. He don't say D-A-M. He don't say M-F. He don't say G-D. He don't say none of that. So I asked you a question, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, why do you? Well, it's culturally acceptable. Whose culture are you representing? You know what that mother blankety blank, if I kick it, you know, in my young life, I have never heard my mother curse, not once, ever. Now, did she ever have reasons that she might want to cuss her? I, my younger brother, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite sure she has some opportunities to cuss. <laughs> but she just never, I, 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 no, I was the, I was the special child in our house. I know that's hard. Couldn't I know that, Tasha. You can't believe that either. I couldn't believe that either. And then, the fourth one, the fourth silent killer is hate. Hate. Now think about this. When people get offended by what you say, they don't have any problem at all cussing you out. They have no problem at all hating you. They have no problem at all saying deceptive things to, to go totally against what it is that you're saying because they want to undermine do y'all see that? All that's going on right now. And he says, he says, and I asked the father, I'm like, Lord, this is an awesome word. I said, but why do you want me to share this on a Sunday morning? And he says, I'm going to give you the answer. He gave it to me this morning. I'm going to give it to y'all. He says, the reason why I'm telling you this is because hatred divides. Hatred divides. He says, because my people are responding just like the world. And they should know better. Particularly if you're representing God's kingdom. Now, it doesn't say everybody's going to agree with you. If you wait on everybody to agree with you before you do anything, you will never do anything. Even if you have the, the right word, but you give it the wrong way, they're still not going to agree with you. It's kind of like, Tim, it's kind of like Natasha putting on a dress, and then she come in there and ask you, how do, does, this, does this dress make me look big? You can either say, no, baby, you're just blessed, right? Or you can say, that 
dog, girl. Woo, you know that. Oh, you you already know that. Just think you know, look like you got. I put a tag on the back of your butt. Say why low. I said the same. I'm gonna see if there's that. I said the exact same thing, but one still the truth, but with love. Oh, she's too worthy, girl. Don't worry about that. Shoot. Tim got filet. Tim, Tim got filet mignon. Anything outside of it, anything outside of you is spam. Don't worry about it. Tell him, let him know. Let him know, Tasha. Tim, you got filet mignon, bro. Anyway, glory to God. But he says, hatred actually divides, but love unites. He says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, he says, hatred stirs up strife but love covers all transgressions. He says in Matthew chapter 12, 25, he says, understanding why, the adversary is behind the deception. The adversary wants you to get offended. The adversary wants you to betray one another. The adversary wants you to, be, to hate one another. Why? Because now when you begin to operate in deception, when you begin to operate in offense, when you begin to operate in betrayal, and when you begin to operate in hate, Guess who you're acting like? The adversary. Guess whose kingdom you're operating according to? The kingdom of darkness. Guess what kingdom you're not operating according to? The kingdom of God. Do y'all see that? That's why you can't sleep with the enemy. In fact, y'all need to be typing a letter. Dear hate. Dear betrayal. Dear offense. Dear uh, deception. It's, you have been evicted. He goes on to say in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, I'm reading out of Amplify. He says this, and knowing their thoughts, this is what Jesus said unto them. Any kingdom that is divided against itself is brought to desolation and laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself will last or continue to stand. So a house divided against itself can't stand. A marriage divided against itself can't stand. A church divided against itself can't stand. A body of Christ divided against itself cannot stand. A society, a government divided against itself can't stand. And what do you think has been happening in the last, I say 10, 12 years? Deception, 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 division, 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 division. Your side, my side, my party, your party, this, this, that. Your race, my ears, my gender, your gender. We don't have a gender. You just call me he, she. If you look like a woman, if you talk like a woman, I'm not going to call you Butch. I'm going to call you Becky because that's what your name is. What's the name on your birth certificate? Becky. That's what I'm going to call you. No offense. If you get offended, I can't help you. But I'm not going to go out of the way to try to call you something that the father never did. Because what we're saying is, God, you made a mistake. I saw, I seen an interview the other day. Ooh, well, I mean it all with love. But I'm not going to go, I'm not going to call things that are not as, as if it is. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So if you, when you come and if your name is Becky, I'm going to call you Becky. If you're a female, I'm going to call you a female. If you're a male, I'm going to call you a male. Point blank. Why? Because we speak the truth in love. 
I seen an interview the other day. I wasn't trying to find this interview, but I saw and this famous person who went through a change asked this question, why did God put me through this? Why did who put you through that? God didn't put you through that, bro. God didn't put you through that. God didn't say, I'm just gonna mess with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this to you. God didn't do that because you're taking out, you're taking out a factor. There, there's a lowercase G-O-D, God. His name is his name is Satan. He will put you through that, and he will begin to shoot thoughts to your mind to make you think one thing, and in fact, when it's something altogether different, it's called deception. And if you don't believe he'll do it, go all the way back to Genesis chapter one. Well, as you were, go to Genesis chapter 3 and see exactly he proved his, that's what he does in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were already like God. They didn't have to become like God. They were already like God because he created them in his image and in his likeness. They were already like him. So, if you are divided against yourself, you know what they, another word of saying that is, Doug? It's called being double-minded. You're either on God's side or you're not. You're only going to operate according to God's word or you're not. You're going to represent God who is, who is love and you are ambassador of the kingdom of God and that kingdom is, is, is operated by love or you're not. Why? Because wherever there is, according to James chapter 3, 16, wherever there is jealousy and envy and contentious, Rivalry and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and foul practices. So when you're asking, how are all those things that we talk about in 2 Timothy chapter 3, how's all that stuff going to be going on? Because hatred and deception and betrayal and offense are going to be running rampant. But y'all say, this, this is all new. This, this is something that's happening brand new now. No. If you go back to Hosea chapter 4, where it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, it tells you, if you go up and read verse 1, because there was no faithfulness, there was no kindness, and there was no knowledge of God in the land, there were stealing and murder, deception, slander, bloodshed after bloodshed. Why? What was the key factor? There was no knowledge of God in the land. That's why he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But not because knowledge was not made available to them, but people made a decision to reject it. And the people he was talking to at the time was the people he was in covenant with. So the people Jesus is talking to at the time in Matthew 24 are the people he's in covenant with. I'm telling you, all this stuff is going to happen. And I'm telling you before it gets here, you, first of all, don't give in, don't panic. Don't give in to fear. Set, be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. And what else are you supposed to be doing in all this time? Proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. Because the kingdom of God supersedes all the other stuff. But if you're responding in hate and betrayal and you're so offended by everything, do people do stuff that you can't get offended by? Absolutely. Do I have an opportunity to get offended by stuff? Absolutely. I just don't take it. What do you do instead? 1 Peter chapter 4, 8. Above all, 
keeping fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of sin. The other thing that the adversary want, doesn't want you to realize is that all contention, all bitterness, all strife, everything that goes on as a result of one thing, pride. Oh, who do you think you're talking to? Man, my mama don't talk to me like that. Who, who, Jack? Who, Tyrone almost jumped out and killed you right there. Pride. Proverbs 13, 10 says this. Wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth only to quarrels and strife. So if you were in strife with somebody, if you're quarreling with somebody, there's some pride going on there. Whether with them, whether with you, usually with both of y'all. Did you ever notice when people came up against Jesus, Jesus was so cool, you could be talking and he didn't say nothing. He just looked at you. You ever had somebody try to argue by themselves? And they going all and you not saying nothing? And they get so mad they just walk away. I told you about that time I was at the gym and that guy was talking. He he was a what do you he told me he was a what did I tell you? A social liberal here in Canada. And you know, he asked me what my what you know how I was. He knew I was from the States. He talked about the Marine Corps to him and he still lived. He talked about the Marine Corps. He talked about president at the time. He talked about conservatives and everything. And he was so worked up, Tim, you would have been proud of me. He was so worked up. He was looking at me, Tim, and he was going on. And I just looked at him and I started smiling. And it made him so mad. He walked away. Man, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, see, you don't think that whole church thing, being a follower of Christ works. But I'm going to tell you, the old me when you just start talking about the Marine Corps, I'd have, I'd have dealt with you. If you just start talking about my, my country, I'd have dealt with you. And if you didn't talk, whether you agree with what the person go, believes or not, when you start talking about the president of the country where I'm from, I would have dealt with you. So see, that whole Jesus thing, that really does work. He just saved your life. You don't even know it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, we never had that conversation ever again. From that point on, Tim, when he would come see me, he waved. Because I think it kicked in. Marine, he can kill me at any second. And I have my anointed to lay hands on you, raise you from the dead. So all contention, all strife is the result of pride. Do y'all see how this happens? It's subtle. You are deceived, thinking you're right, and you may be wrong. And that other person may be right. But you are deceived, then you get offended. And when you get offended, it's easy for you to portray that person. And when you portray that person, it's easy for you to hate that person. But if I'm going to operate according to the kingdom of God, I understand that hatred causes strife. And hatred will cause division. And I know any division will cause my house to fall or cause my marriage to fall or cause my ministry to fall. So guess what Satan does? He sends people in the church. You know, Satan comes, come, walks in the church with you too. He want to hear what you find out. His, his, his homie walk in with you too. And they want to find out what it is you do. So they don't know what, they, what button to push when you get out of here to get that word up out of you. Lest you start believing that and you start 
hacking life, you're going to do that stuff. So if you walk out today and you and your spouse are apart to have a little bit, don't be saying, I knew I shouldn't have went to church today because, see, if I wouldn't have went to church, we wouldn't be fighting. Yes, you would. You'd just be fighting about something else. Doug, do you want to know why he really wants to get you in offense? The real reason, not, not only just to cause your kingdom or your house to fall, because he knows without, he says, he knows your faith works by love. So if you're not in love, walking in love, your faith won't work. I didn't say that. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says that. For if we are in Christ Jesus, that means if you're born again, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith is activated and energized and expressed and working through your faith works by love. And this is, I'm going to one scripture, and this is where I'm going to stop at 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. He says, I don't believe that. My faith is going to work. Even if I am mad with her, she deserves it. Oh, I'm, I'm, my boss gets on my last good nerve, Lord, and, and I need you to move me from this job right now, Jesus. You did ask God to use you, right? You the only light in that whole joint. And you, Lord, take me up out this beat for I catch a case, Lord. I'm going to have an awesome prison ministry. Faith works by love. You said prove it. No problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm reading out an amplified version. This is the one. It's really wordy. It says this, verse 1. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy clong or a clanging symbol. So you can go but not be in love. And what God hears is ding, 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 he don't hear it. He don't, he can't. Why? Because you're not in love. It also goes on to say, and if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains. So you got all those gifts operating in your life, but have not, the, have not loved God's love in me I am nothing, a useless nobody. <clears throat> and even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory but have not love. God's love in me, I gain nothing. So you can do all the works, you can do all the praying, you can have all, you can have all these abilities for the gifts and everything, but in God's eyes, if you're not walking in love, none of that matters. Yes, it does. No, it don't. None of that matters. And we and we was we've been on this 31 days of prayer and fasting, and man, that 
if there was ever a reality that if you're not walking in that love, if you're not walking in that love, people said, God, give me more power. He says, then you got you got to walk in more love. Lord, I need more power. No, you need more love. Because if he gives you more power and you don't have enough love, guess what you're going to do? You're going to destroy some people's lives. That's why you can have all those other gifts operating and everything. But if you're not walking in love, then you can do it out of a selfish motive. You can hurt people. You can destroy their life. And you can end up in offense and bitterness and resentment and hatred and betrayal. And you open yourself up to, when you get offended, remember offense is the buzzword. When you get offended, you open yourself up up to deception. Remember, right after they got offended, false prophets came and what did they do? They led them away from the truth. Why? Why was it easier for them to lead them away from the truth? Because they were already offended. And so they could betray the true source God told them to go to and they betrayed it and went somewhere else. People do it in church all the time. What? Mm. This is my last Sunday. The Lord just told me that I was supposed to go to another church because I'm not getting fed here. Though your life has grown substantially greater since you've been sitting under that word. You know what I learned, Doug? Jesus taught me this mess, this lesson. The word is either you're either going to be mad or you're going to be glad. Mad because I didn't like that word. I didn't like that word today. You need to go ask the father why. Or glad. I'm glad he told me I need to prove my love walk. I'm glad he showed me that there are silent killers in my house. I'm glad that he showed me that deception, well, that when I get offended, it's easy for me to be deceived and it's easy for me to hate and it's easy for me to betray. Father, thank you that you love me so much that you revealed these things to me. I thank you because who the Lord loves he chases and who the Lord loves, he corrects. Why? Because if you don't get this right, when all those things begin to continue to happen in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you will be caught up just like they are. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody walking or talking except you've been assigned. Man, this is... God believes in always giving you a heads up. God never lets you get caught off guard. You will never say, man, God, you didn't tell me. If you'd have told me, then I would have done something different. God says, I did tell you. I'm telling you. Jesus told us all, this is what's going to happen. And you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. So there are some people who who never accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior because they bought into the lie and hey, I don't need to get saved because Jesus already came and he already died on the cross and he's the Savior, so I don't need to, I don't, he already did it, so I don't need to do anything. Jesus said, no, in order for you to accept my gift, you have to accept, believe in me and believe in what it is I did for you on the cross. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you lied to you today or you have made Jesus the Lord of your life but you know you haven't been living that life, I mean, you've been slipping and dipping, diving and stabbing. I mean, you've been one night standing, God, but you never really gave your life to God. Man, this is an opportunity to rededicate your life today. Or, or, 
you know what? I, I have done those things, but I, ju I just want to start afresh and new today. Now that I realize that there are silent killers that have been in the house, it's time for me to evict them out. All offense, all deception, all betrayal, and all uh, hatred. It's as simple as praying this prayer with me. Say it out of your mouth, mean it out of your heart. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, fill me with the Holy Spirit from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm whole. I'm set free. Filled with the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, or if you pray that prayer again, we want to welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom, back, right back into right position, right back in right fellowship with God. Now, what's your next step, you may ask? Man, you need to get connected with a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Ignite Depot is the place for you. If you're in the Greeley or Ottawa area, uh, we will welcome you, invite you to come join us here at 938 Eastern Standard Time every Sunday morning, and we would love to have you here. Or if you're overseas, you're out in the country, or you're too far to get here, man, just turn on the YouTube channel at uh, 930, and we will be, and you can join in, and you can add your faith with our faith in Jesus' name. And if you have a prayer request, simply send your prayer request to info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com. We'll get your prayer request. We'll pray over it and believe God for an answer for you. So on behalf of my wife, Juwen, and the entire Ignite Brigade family, we want to thank you for joining us here today, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.